You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for downloading this week's Attacking Scrum podcast. This week's theme was fankind, what it means to be a fan in this day and age and what concerns there are around the uh, the future of Welsh rugby and and how that will affect fans and, and what concerns there are currently as well. So we have uh, a look at that. And again, I was joined to do that by Dan Killick. And we also looked forward to the uh, Autumn Internationals and the developments within the, the Welsh squad. Look at the the Premiership and how that's kind of taking shape and look ahead to the Welsh derbies which will be happening over the weekend and also we had some some transfer news in there as well so I hope you enjoy it and as always please give us a like on Facebook facebook.com slash attacking scrum leave us a review on iTunes or on Audio Boom or give us a shout out on Twitter at attacking scrum enjoy the show <laughs> Welcome to episode four of the Attacking Scrum podcast. Thanks for taking the time to download this. Once again, it's Jed and Dan here with you to have a chat through all the week's Welsh rugby news and a look at some of the big issues as well. And Dan, welcome again. Thank you. Pleased to be in the chair again. I see the uh, see the tan is starting to fade. The winter starting to have its effect. You've you've ditched the you've ditched the uh, the sun lounger for the vest across the winter. I get a lot of stick for wearing a vest. <laughs> I'm not I'm not only wearing a vest, mine. Yeah, no, that's uh, that probably conjured up a, a mm. rather uh, an image completely completely at odds with what's actually going on. I can confirm that both <laughs> of us are fully clothed, and and I think it'll probably uh, it'll probably stay that way. At least we hope so. Anyway, and, you know, I've got no intention of. Of, uh, of derobing at any point so I think everyone's in safe hands uh, so the pod continues to go from from strength to strength so again if you've if you've been one of those loyal listeners since uh, since week one thank you very much indeed for that and uh, one thing we haven't secured yet is a is a sponsor so like we said last week with our with our kind of loving tribute towards Parker Pens uh, you know we're very interested in getting them on board but even my little Twitter shout out this week didn't generate any interest 
We'll see what comes after this one now. Yeah, well, I've asked, I've asked for a few suggestions because we'd love to know kind of, uh, you know, what level we're at. I don't know, maybe we were a bit, we were thinking a bit big by going after Aiming, aiming too high. Aiming yeah, that's it. High. If there's any, if there's any curry houses in in Wales that are uh, that are interested, again, can probably be swung with a free onion bhaji and a pilau rice here or there. I think, uh, I think that might well make a difference. Um, the other thing that's upset me a bit this week, Dan, as well. Right. So just before going on air, I had a text from my brother who's on holiday, and he said, "Oh, can I uh, can I download your podcast via iTunes?" I said, "Yeah, yeah, go ahead." And do you know what his response was? No. All right. So he's come back. So what's it called? <laughs> right. Brilliant. Yeah. Is he is he really your brother? Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm led to believe, and, and uh, aesthetically, he certainly looks like my brother. Yeah. But uh, yeah, not even a household name in my own household is is probably not a great start, is it? Shocking, absolutely shocking. <laughs> so anyway, right tonight's uh, fronting up. This is uh, this is where we have a look at, at a big issue across uh, across Welsh rugby, and tonight we're going to have a look at the fans. So entitled this fan kind, you know, for me it's the it's the most important part of the game. You know, we've started this as a as as a couple of fans. You know, we're not broadcast specialists, which may or may not come across. <laughs> Um, but but gen, you know, kind of joking aside, genuinely think the fans are the most important part of the game. You know, it's they're the guys who ultimately, you know, will fund it in one way or another. Whether that's turning up at the gates or it's paying for a TV subscription or buying a jersey or whatever it might be. So I think you know their their opinions are really are really really important, and that's kind of why we've we've set this up. So we wanted to have a look at that tonight and, and kind of see what the fans are, for, uh, what the concerns for fans are around Welsh rugby and, and potentially uh, across borders as well. I think we can have a look at you know things like ticket prices, also the kind of the shift of power towards towards the broadcasters and, and is that something that's potentially dangerous for fans? I'm gonna have a look at the, the thorny issue of, of representation as well, which is a potential uh, a potential viper's nest to, to get into, mm. but I think we can have a, a quick look at that too. So I think we'll start with um We'll start with ticket prices, and I think we'll start with the you know the autumn internationals around the corner. Do you feel kind of comfortable with with where those ticket prices are at, Dan? I think I think the ticket prices are a little out of control, to be honest. I think okay. it's um, it's it's preventing um, a good number of people then, uh, or a mixed number of people from from going to the game. I think we're at risk of. Almost the same. Well, those that those that can afford will go, mm. and um, we're isolating a big proportion of people because of the because of the ticket prices are too high, in my opinion. But I understand that there is a balance that needs to be struck, and all the money that's that's generated, you know, does go back into well, a lot of it does go back into back into the game. Well, I think that's the that's the big thing, isn't it? Is it's it's feeling comfortable that the money is going back into back into grassroots rugby. And it's very hard from the outside to kind of to have a look at that. But in terms of that, you know, so a couple of weeks ago the Welsh Rugby Union published their their profits. So again, record turnover, mm. which, you know, is a, a very strong figure north of 70 million. And in terms of the money that's going back into the back into the community game, what they call the community game, is it's 7.9 million. Now that sounds like a pretty big headline figure to me. It does seem like a big figure, but we have no idea what that what that breakdown is doing. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a good stat. We want to see what's behind that, don't we? Yeah, I mean that that's it. It's, it feels like a good, nice number to be able to say. And it, again, year on year, it's up as well. Mm. So sixteen percent increase on on where it was before. 
So, you know, you, you're tempted to say with, with what you can see that that it kind of, I guess the end justifies the means if it, if it means that we have to kind of have a few a few expensive trips to Cardiff in order to watch the internationals and it is going back into the grassroots game, then maybe it is, it's a payoff worth having. Yeah, I mean, the grassroots, obviously grassroots rugby is, it's not in a good state, is it? It's not healthy at the moment. And obviously with the money going back into uh, into that level of rugby, you wonder whether, well, it, it's on the decline, isn't it? So I wonder whether if we switched if we switch the pricing and look to doing it, look to doing it a different mm. way to get more, uh, make it more inclusive, get more people involved. Um, in you know, the, the, at the moment, if you if you're earning a certain amount of money, you, you, you'll probably be able to go. But yeah. there will be a lot of people that are earning, you know, earning X amount that, that will decide not to go, and those that simply say, at that price, I can pay it, but I'm not going. Yeah, and. I wonder whether that has also had an effect on 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 a negative effect on grassroots rugby because people aren't going now to watch the you know watch the it's the it's the, it's the top stage isn't it of rugby and it's the biggest it's the biggest shop window for Welsh rugby as well isn't it because it is. it's readily available on free to air television it's you know Wales is a, a nation of of rugby lovers certainly historically right and yeah. and you know it still is but that's the opportunity to to engage with a, a new generation of yeah that's when people you, you know you, you go along to a game you feel the you feel the the excitement you know in the stadium and it's such a special you know such a special feeling isn't it that that, that overcomes you um and you see the stars and as a you know as an impressionable impressionable you mm. know 10 11 12 year old or you know or even older you 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 want to you aspire to be there it's, for a lot of Welshmen and and you know and women as well yeah. coming into the game, you you it's, it's your absolute dream, isn't it, to be there? But it just becomes so much more real when you're there, actually experiencing it. And a lot of people aren't able now to experience what we, me and you, have been lucky enough to experience yeah. over uh, over many many years. And in the last, certainly the last six or seven years, we have seen empty seats at. What would be big games in the past? So, yeah, the likes many, of Australia, yeah, the likes of Australia and South Africa, because we're playing them year in year out. I don't know. Maybe it's been a bit of overkill, and coupled with the fact that it's not that it's not cheap, you know, yeah. are fans kind of voting with their feet and saying, "Well, this is, this doesn't represent good value to me." Yeah, I think I think they are. I mean, it's so hard to see when you see, you know. Uh, Seats that aren't filled, or as you pointed out before we came on, you know, flags that are taking up you know large yeah. areas of the ground. You know, th- th- those, those, those seats should should and must be filled. My heart always sinks a bit when I walk into when I walk into the Millennium and you see that big flag. You think, oh, all right, well, we've got a fifty five thousand crowd today. Yeah, you know, it's it's a bit disheartening. Nothing good is going to come from a flag. As much as I love the Welsh flag, <laughs> yeah, we've got to fill those seats, <laughs> haven't we? Yeah, a hundred percent agree and. But again, this this is one thing, you know, obviously we've seen a... I'm always quick to, to put the boot into administrators, right? Because I do think that there's a lot of... You know, like we said with the European Rugby Challenge Cup last week, mm. I think there's a lot of nonsense decision gets made by the men in suits. But we've got a new kind of Welsh administration that are still kind of bedding in. One thing they have done is is kind of... is make concessions for the Autumn Internationals, which is a first. Yeah. That's a positive step, right? Yeah, good signs. We'll have to see. 
see how those can you know how how they work now, won't we? Um, but yeah, it is it is a, it is a good sign, um, and it should have it should have been brought in a good you know many years back in my opinion. I've often thought that as well. When you when you see that, you just think, well, surely just some reduction in ticket price to pack the place out, hmm. you're going to make that money back in booze and pies and exactly. We we it feels that like in Wales we we're so slow to react to things mm-hmm. because if we had implemented this a good number of years back, we wouldn't have lost probably. How, how many people have we lost and, 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 and alienated from the game yeah. from having these prices so high? I, you know, thousands. It must be thousands and thousands. And we, we don't have um, enough people. We don't have uh, so many people coming into, the, coming into the game that we can afford just to, to, to piss people off. We, and, and that is, I think, what we've done. Another kind of criticism that there, there has been in recent times is of the atmosphere within the stadium, particularly those games. You know, it's kind of... It's day trippers and you know the the pink day cowboy trippers, hat, yeah. the pink cowboy hat brigade. Yeah. And the, I love them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can yeah. I can see you rocking that with a vest. Yeah, <laughs> picture of that yeah. in select in yeah. select clubs. Um, I'll send you a photo. <laughs> but you know that kind of have you have you noticed it? You know, in recent in recent games, you've been to Millennium. You thought, oh, well, the atmosphere does feel a bit flatter oh yeah definitely it's a totally it's a totally different atmosphere isn't it in the autumn international games mm. to the atmosphere that you feel in the six nations it um, is but i'd rather beat new zealand than win the six nations yeah i know we're not playing new zealand this time around but it's come to a point where like i've seen the glory of of winning the six nations and winning grand slams I just think am i ever going to witness beating new zealand i'm going off on a tangent here but am i ever going to witness as beating new zealand no, or Australia or South Africa. For that, you know, we've seen South Africa in recent times, but yeah, well, it's the Six Nations is it's 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 special, isn't it? It it's, is. It's such a warm. You get so so excited about the uh, about the about the Six Nations. Um, whereas with the Autumn Internationals, I think it's because we played. Um, even though it's, you know, because we played New Zealand so many times. Yes, you know, it's a it's an enormous fixture, mm. but I just think it's. It's, something's come out of it a little bit, yeah. And of course, because we've lost on so many occasions, um, you, you, with with the fans. All right, we always we always have that little niggle if we play, you know, the same line. If we if everyone plays the best of their ability, yeah. we can do this, you yeah. know. And and every single time, I pretty much say that to myself. But you know, you know, in your heart of hearts, that it 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 isn't going to happen. Um, and so that that probably that probably. Uh, uh, comes across with who with with who yeah. comes, but then but then again, you know, it's it's kind of it's all very well to say, all oh, right, well, it's, it's day trippers and the and the cowboy hat brigade, but ultimately, if they're paying the if they're paying the their ticket price, right, they're allowed to really behave. You know, it's not like they're turning up and shouting torrents of abuse at people. Yeah, as long as you up. can see over the hat, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm right, but it's all in you. <laughs> yeah. But it's dig after dig tonight, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, but it's you know what I mean. It's it's kind yeah. of like it's, it's a bit judgmental to go. Well, I'm more of a fan than you are. You know, just because I go and watch regional rugby every week, or I watch mm-hmm. it on the telly, or I follow Premiership, or whatever it is. Yeah, if they pay, they pay the money, they're entitled. They're, people are entitled to go, aren't they? Yeah. Um, I just think we have to look a little bit. We have to look a little bit beyond it and look at who, you know, look at who is going and those that you know we want to get more participation in the game mm. um so whilst you, you you can't you can't limit a group from going of course it, it, it needs to be completely open we need to we need to do something a little a little bit i have a little I, tweak i have a thought of you kind of 
stopping people at the gate there and going, <laughs> right, okay, quick quiz for you, you know, and just testing them on yeah. uh, on how well they know on how well they know regional rugby and you know whether he's Lloyd Pierce or Lloyd Ashley now, you know, just as a little rule of thumb, yeah, yeah. If they know that. All right, you're in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I mean, that's uh, that's you mentioned kind of a, the Welsh team there, in particular with the in relation to kind of the autumn internationals. The Rugby World Cups are another interesting one. Obviously, that was kind of a just over just over a year ago. Now, ticket prices for that, although it was marketed very cleverly to say that it, there was some cheap tickets available, there weren't many. About were four. There? Yeah, I felt like that was a big opportunity to grow the game, and I know that's not necessarily linked to Wales particularly, but again, we're all fan, you know, we're all fans living in in Britain, and it was easy to get to, and you had to fork out a hell of a lot of money for yeah, that. The, t- the ticket price in there was was. It was ridiculously high, wasn't it? Astronomical amounts of money, really. Um, and sadly, I think those tickets, they could have been listed at any level. Yeah. Um, and they, they still would have sold. Yeah, um, I think you're probably you know, right. Corporate, corporates coming in, you know, buying big, big amounts of tickets, farming them out to those that uh, fancy, fancy a day out, fancy a jolly. Yeah. Um, obviously, a number of rugby fans there as well. But again... We isolated a huge number of people from 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 going to watch, you know, the 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 biggest sort of sporting event in terms of rugby that's out there. The flip side of that is is well, rugby being quite vocal about this, and most people will kind of most people closer to the game than I am will be able to say that that the money that's generated around Rugby World Cup does go into growing the game. So it does grow into it does go into some of the the less wealthy countries. And I think we noticed that with the likes of, you know, Georgia and Namibia and these kind of countries actually being quite competitive this time round. So yeah. again, is it the another games one? Were very very competitive, weren't they? There wasn't there wasn't sort of huge huge you know no. pointers. That there would have been, there would have been probably 12, 12 16 years ago. You know, yeah. you'd have seen you saw sides getting absolutely demolished. Yeah. Even Georgia, you know, were getting demolished yeah. in I, previous World Cup. I just think the balance was off. I mean, it, it, I know they're going to be expensive, mm. but they didn't need to be as, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah, they didn't need to be as high as that. Um, and we've again, we've lost a. We've, I'm particularly linking this back to, to to Wales then. Yeah, with it with the World Cup, with the you know, with it being so close to where to to us at home. Yeah, um, but there's no way um, uh, a lot of people would have just said, I, "I can't, I can't get to those fi- those figures." Yeah, no, you're you're right, and I think that's I I'd be of the same opinion as well that. It was a missed opportunity, and again, you know, overwhelmingly, that tournament has been heralded as a commercial success. Even if the host did bomb well, out in the group, yeah, commercially, it is. It is a big success, isn't it? But it's, what what effect does it have on? They're always going to be able to link it to you know, it's had massive positives in certain areas. Hmm. Um, but you know, if we look closer to home, I think it's, I think it will have had uh, a negative effect as well. Yeah, no, I think so, and I, uh, part of the the reason behind hosting a lot of the games in football stadia, you know, is, is again an opportunity to grow the game. And I just think that that's something that's missed by out, by overpricing it. Yeah, know. if you Yeah, it's a little it's a little little clever spin, isn't it? Mm. Oh, we're gonna you know, we're gonna get 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 the games on in these stadiums and grow, you know, maybe grow rugby in those areas. Not at those ticket not 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 when the ticket prices are so high, you're not it'd be I, a lot of a lot of the people that I know went to a, a, a big proportion of the games, um, and just just moved around. Yeah. Um. You know, could you know could a could afford 
afford to move around and travel. So you had you you had a lot of the same the same people yeah. going, and it comes back again to. Well, we said on the first one, Gareth seemed to be at every single. He seemed to be at every single game. Yeah, didn't he? I know he must be paid. <laughs> he must be paid big money, Gareth. Um, but yeah, you get you get where it was a game for all. Yeah, wasn't it? And it's it, it, particularly in Wales has been a game for all. You know, upper class, lower class, middle class, whatever. Yeah. Um, and I do think the ticket pricing is having an effect on on uh, on on the game in Wales. Yeah, I That's do. My personal take on and it, I, and I think if Wales were to host the the Rugby World Cup, you would like to think, or host it again, you would like to think that there would be a bit more of a fair pricing mechanic. But I would, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't hold my breath on it. No, no. Uh, so yeah, touch on that. What about what about kind of club level then? Because we you know we talk uh, a lot about the regions and their kind of ailing ailments and failings and stuff do you think they kind of represent good value at the moment in terms of going what, in terms yeah of going in terms game? of going and watching them no I think you've got a very there's a, there's a small a small number of the games that are that, you could, that are good value yeah but outside of that there are many many games that are, are, are dire um, and don't represent good value at all in my opinion what so when you say good value potentially judgment day and things like that have been good initiatives yeah, Judgment Days. Judgment Days has been a, has, has absolutely been a success, hasn't it? Marketed well, and we which is back. not something we say a lot about the Pro Twelve, is it? No, I mean the marketing or lack of is is <laughs> it is laughable, isn't it? I mean, what marketing goes in? And yeah, and what kind of a what kind of a product is it? You know, it doesn't really have an identity. No, and that's probably. Half the reason why it can't be marketed well is because we don't know exactly what it is, and you've got to yeah. you've got to drill down and know what what it is before you can then market it. But um, there's enough that there's enough that could be you know you could pull on enough things to make uh, to certainly inc- increase the crowds. And it's shown that if it's marketed well, like Judgment Day, it's been hugely successful. Yeah. 52,000, 52, wasn't it? Exactly. But how then? How you know the the clubs have got to, and the and the governing body, the Pro Twelve. Have got to take advantage of that because the whole point is if we're saying, if we're sat here saying, okay, it's going to be affordable ticket prices, people are going to come to their first games, they're going to fall in love with the game, and then they're going to go and watch the, the clubs or the regions on a regular basis. It's then over to the it's then over to the clubs to convert that. Yeah. And do you think they could be doing more? The clubs. Yeah. Yeah, I do think the clubs could be could be doing more. Um... Again, that comes back to, to marketing, doesn't it? engagement, looking at where, um, looking at targeting dif- different groups. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know how 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 closely are they working with the the um, you know the minis and the juniors in their surrounding areas in terms of getting the youngsters in in into the into the stadiums mm. on the support. I don't know how. I, I, It'd be really interesting actually to chat to. Um, to chat to each of the regions about that actually because I think that's a like I say that's a massive area yeah. where you can grow and when you see those kind of low attendances week in week out the attendances are so bad aren't they you yeah. just think it would be so great we have a massive problem with you know with uh, rugby in Wales in terms of participation players just drop dropping mm. out, dropping out of the game left right and centre for so many for so many reasons um, it, we have we've, we've got to take it right back to the children and get get them get them interested in the game again, and I, and huge numbers are just dropping off from it. So let's get the children in, in filling those seats, free tickets, 
and you know no one's going to quibble then about you know I've paid I've paid for a ticket yeah. why has that child got a yeah. you know got a, got a free ticket and um over time it'll take time but we'll see we should see um you know engagement coming back into the game because you've got a, a generation of people who perhaps won't be as aware of the politics of the game turning regional yeah as as we are and you know kind of the bits of history potentially you've got an opportunity there to to get people you know to get youngsters through the door and and experience it firsthand and yeah, if, exactly. If it means a couple of youngsters lace up their boots and go and play, then it's it's kind of job done, isn't it? Yeah, definitely, definitely, and it's good for the better for the players as well to have you know to have the stadiums have the stadiums yeah. full. There'll be a, a, a nice noise, or be a plen- plenty of high pitched screaming. But um, and and the, the children as well come along, you know, bring bring their parents along as well, and whether or not you know there could be a uh, a big big concession made for them as well to get them engaged. I just yeah. think it would be it'd be a really really positive step. Um, at improving the numbers of, of of players, you know, getting into the game. Yeah, it would, and I think um, you know, obviously, a lot of what we've mentioned is around how ticket prices are, are very important for for a club, for a governing body, for the Welsh Rugby Union, in order to to put that back into the game or or to distribute it. However, however, they're doing so. Something that's even more important in terms of the percentage of revenue for these outlets. Is the broadcast deals now a weak Pro 12 and a weak product, and not many people watching it has meant the Pro 12 has slipped behind in terms of in terms of these kind of deals. You know, it doesn't have a bumper deal that mm. that the English teams have and the French sides have. Yeah, is that something that concerns you? Yeah, it does concern me because um, I I'm struggling to see how. The gap, the gap's just getting bigger and bigger, isn't it? Mm. English league's getting stronger and stronger. French league is is unbelievably strong, and we are we're in no man's land. Yeah. Um. And I I'm struggling to see how we how we how we can get out of this. Um. How do you think we can get out of it? I would love to have the answer to that, but it it does feel like the the Pro Twelve as a product is something that you know we we're critical of the marketing, but. In terms of big marketing it as a brand and getting people excited about it, there's just not an identity around it, and that is that is a big big concern. Mm. Because if you look at you know some of the nuts and bolts of it, and you've you've mentioned it earlier, you know the number of international players that play in that league. Yeah, there should be enough to go on, but there simply isn't. There's not enough competitive fixtures, and there's not enough kind of identity and tribalism between between fans. You know what I mean? There's yeah, a lot yeah. of there's a lot of okay, well, you know, Glasgow are a good team and you're gonna enjoy it when they come to town, but there isn't a huge history of of big clashes between the Ospreys and and Glasgow, is yeah. there? You know, it's like it's not the it's not the same as having Yeah, you can't I, I recall back in, you know Yeah. Back in X when we went, you know, it just doesn't have that, does it? And maybe um, that will come in time. But maybe it just comes down to the fact that the brand and the product and the and the clubs just aren't attracting, you know. If they're not attracting their, you know, they're not, not attracting fans to go and watch it. It's not going to attract a, the quality of rugby. Isn't going to attract the, the big yeah, broadcast exactly. deal. Yeah, they, they, exactly. They're linked, aren't they? Of they course, are, you know, obviously. And it's, and it's um, a vicious, it's a vicious cycle yeah. as well because, the stronger the clubs get, uh, sorry, the stronger the broadcast deals get for the other clubs, the bigger that gap's going to get. Yep. But the big thing that really kind of... And I know I didn't answer your question there because I haven't got can the answer. Can you have a answer. good thing about it and, yeah. and provide me the answer next yeah, week? I'll, um, yeah, I'll, I'll do a bit of homework. I mean, it's 
honestly, I'm not sure there is a there is a long term future for um, for the Pro 12 unless either one of the broadcasters is feeling generous and fancies getting one you know getting one over on the other, which could happen with Sky and BT. They go hell for leather against mm. one another. Yeah. But it, it could be that that's the case. And if it is, then maybe that then maybe that might happen. Yeah. But also it feels like Europe is set up now to benefit and and it was right that it became more of a meritocracy. Yeah. Because, you know, I think the pro tour were getting an un, you know, kind of a, a an easy an easy deal on it. And we said yeah. it last week, you know, yeah. losing the, the qualification spot from the champions uh, the Parker Pair yeah. Yeah. <laughs> has uh, has meant it's harder to get it's harder to get in, and that yeah. maybe that in the long run that will benefit the Pro Twelve in terms of being competitive. But I, I worry about that. It's almost really it's do. almost pinning it's it's on it's such a negative. It's on it's pinning yeah it's pinning everything down. I, I'm struggling to see the light. Yeah, well, in in how it is at the moment, be, I think fundamental changes have to be made, and uh, and I'm. You know, we'll, we'll go. I'm sure we'll go on to them in another time, but uh, they're not. They probably won't be popular. Yeah. But for me, they have. They have to be made. Okay. You are alluding to a rebrand of the regions. I need to think on that now. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Rebrand. Rebrand. Um... Well, this is this is one I'd love to get a lot deeper on, and you know, we've only got a limited amount of time on this podcast, so I think it's it's one that we'd love to revisit. Yeah. Further on down the line, because again, I just think. If you have strong, if you have strong clubs, regions, teams, whatever they, whatever they may be called, it's going to benefit the league and it's going to benefit the long-term commercial viability of um, of Welsh rugby from yeah. kind of top to bottom. Rather than having to to kind of look and, and subsidise these things, you've got strong um, strong offerings in their own right. So it's definitely something we'll come back to. But one thing that's been mooted by the Pro Twelve, which has a direct effect on fans is this potential inclusion of American teams or franchises what have you made of that I'm having a little smile here um, <laughs> I think that smile says a lot um, it's it's utterly bizarre isn't it yeah. we've got to look we've got to look towards uh, you know America to essentially attract um, you know attract a, a big deal yeah it's, it's crazy it is and uh, you know to look Fancy at that away go, trip, you know? yeah exactly it's Philadelphia away on a yeah. on well, I a do Thursday actually night. I do I'd do. i do, I'd love that yeah but it, I'm the price on that yeah you try and square that one with the missus yeah jeez yeah. but I mean that's 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 the length that it's gone to and I think that speaks volumes of the, the desperation that the that the Pro 12 is in that the, you'd be prepared to you know to, to put that on fans that yeah. you've got, you know, you've got away trips to America, which okay, cool, they sound great on paper, but they're they're going to be pretty bloody costly. <laughs> yeah, you know it's, what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not like there's going to be, you know. So I know London Irish have done a, a game over there, and you know the attendances were all right, but there's a big Irish expat community yeah, in, yeah. Uh, in America, and there's yeah. there's not that with with Welsh sides, and you know I don't know unless the the uh, the Patagonian community fancy making a trip, a trip up, and even then, it's a hell of a schlep, isn't it? Wow, yeah, huge. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that to me speaks volumes of, of the kind of the concern that we're in that yeah. they'd be kind of prepared to, to put fans yeah. through that. Yeah, if that if if that's even because that's even been mentioned and and is be, and has been, you know, been looked at, it it highlights, doesn't it? That yeah, some big changes need to be made, 
and yeah, it's just it needs to be really looked at, doesn't it? Yeah, and and one thing I would love to see on this is much more engagement with fans from the Pro Twelve and actually canvassing some opinion and seeing what and seeing the one. So not, maybe you know a, a mixture of people who are going to the games and what those kind of changes, how they would impact on them, but also people who aren't going, people who are disenfranchised. Yeah, with the club game. Yeah, what would make yeah what would make those people? And I know. think and I think the Welsh Rugby Union should be doing that as well. You yeah, know, definitely. We've said it a couple of times before, but the Valleys is going unrepresented at that level of at that level of rugby. Yeah, a number of clubs are. North Wales has done for a number of years, and that again is, is surely going to have to is surely going to have an effect on on the level of on the level of rugby that's being played in the Pro Twelve or that. Yeah, yeah there's so tier. much resentment, and you need you can't it can't continue and continue to be ignored and just say, well, this this is this is how it's going to be. Yeah. You know, change change is often good, and it's not as if we're going we're going fantastically well. We can say, oh, we're not. You know, we're we're just gonna we're just gonna keep going. If we keep going the way we are, we're gonna be we're gonna we're gonna be in the ground. Yeah, and we're not far off. We're not far off that, are we? No, I, I don't think I disagree. Get, let's get some changes. You know? uh, and on that cheery note, yeah. that kind of brings us to the end of the uh, the first uh, the first half of the pod. But just to kind of just to recap on this. You know, the whole point of this is is we're kind of firm believers that that fans are the lifeblood of this game, and for that, you know, we want to hear your opinions. Whether you agree with us, whether you don't, that's the whole reason this kind of podcast has been set up. You know, there's no agenda here. That we're not kind of tied to any any big broadcaster or, or any big or little sponsor. Um, you know, we genuinely kind of want to want to start these debates and and see what fans and see what fans think. So, as always, kind of get in touch with us and let us know your thoughts. Facebook.com slash Attacking Scrum on Twitter at Attacking Scrum and uh, and we look forward to kind of chatting about this further on in the future. Podcast, and we're going to be looking at some of the big stories from this week. Look ahead to some of the games from the weekend as well, and having a look at some transfer news as always. We'll start though with a bit of an update from the Welsh squad for the Autumn Internationals. So the first thing, I guess, is the the story that we talked about last week, which is the players from that are based in England being given the green light. To, to come and play I mean that's a it's a relief isn't it yeah big relief yeah Premiership Rugby stressed it's a gesture of flexibility yeah so um, we'll be back uh, we'll be having this again won't we I think we will in a year's time yeah it's uh, it's messy it's really really messy and I think it's like we said last week it's it's bordering on amateurish yeah it's something that, that can't kind of carry on I wonder whether again speculation is always from me but I wonder whether a bit of a check was written as a as a gesture, which you know, I can understand from from the Premiership clubs' point of view. You cash, know, cash in a bag. Yeah, cash is king, isn't it? But what it does mean is the likes of Moriarty, Charteris, North, Roberts will all be available for selection, and that's going to that's going to make the squad stronger. Obviously, um, out of that, no, looks as though kind of Toby's going to Toby's going to miss out with injury. Why is he in that squad? That's something that I can't kind of get my head around. Well, I, I, 
the scene he's so critical to being around the team, isn't yeah. he? Um, because he's been he's been there for so you know, for so many yeah. years. I think he's gonna I think he's gonna feature at some point. Well, yeah, There's I talk mean, of him featuring towards the back towards the back end, isn't it? This there campaign. is. Um, yeah, he's superhuman, and I can know I I. Unless they want him, just want him in there. They can work with him, and um, he doesn't seem to be the most the most vocal of chaps, does no. he? So unless he's unless he's, he's the, the type of chap that has a you know has a quiet word with someone one to one one to one being very very good, and um, I think a lot of that squad are like that though, aren't they? It's it's a kind of lead by example mentality. Not, you yeah. know, Warburton kind of epitomises that. Dan Liddy, it's a similar kind of character. That they're not the kind of big characters of years gone by. Yeah, they're more kind of right. Well, let's lead and show our kind of professionalism, and and that's great. I don't know. I just wonder whether it's you know whether it'd be more beneficial to have him concentrate on getting fit and then uh, and then coming and then coming back. You know, I certainly wouldn't want to wouldn't want to rush him back and risk a, a longer term injury. There's no point risking it. There's no point risking him in in you know autumn internationals, is there? Yeah. Let him. You know, let him. Let's make sure he's absolutely fit. Um, I mean, it also gives an opportunity for someone else to, uh, you know, to play. Even if he if he can make the back end of the campaign, yeah. let's still leave him. There's no point even even risking him. Leave him and let's play someone else. Play someone else there. Where, you know, let's be honest, he could you know he could get injured again. And uh, we're back to this topic again of who's going to play at number. There's eight. been a clambering as well, hasn't there? There's been a bit of a almost seemed like a bit of a panic really because you've been so used to seeing Toby there for the well, best part of five years. Panic, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there has, and I think uh, yeah, it's a it's a good chance to give someone a chance to bed into that role, try out a couple of options, maybe. Who's uh, who's going to who's going to get the nod for you? Moriarty for me. Yeah, likewise. I think he's the I think he's the outstanding candidate on that. Uh, like Dan Baker, but I think uh, I think he needs to he needs to step it up a level for international rugby, and yeah, just would love him to do that. Yeah, my concerns are his um, his work rate. You know, mm. good going forward. I think off the you know off. If if he if he could be included in the bench, um, but it doesn't really work having him on the bench, does it? But um, coming you know coming on for sort of twenty minutes um, when legs are tiring a little bit, but going backwards, you you don't see a fantastic amount at, at, at the moment for me that he does. So um, yeah, my God, we would miss Valatel, but somebody yeah Moriarty, um, James King, could he? Could he do a job at eight? I don't think he's um, at all. He's not, is he? No, um, I think he's he kind of he's a handy player to have around that squad because he can fill in in a few places. I think his best position is probably a six. Yeah, but we're not I sure what six is either, are we? Well, if we, number of people saying warp. You know, we'd like to see warp. Well, could see warp. Could we see warp at an eight? I I wouldn't have wouldn't particularly have a problem with that. I know he hasn't done it for a number of years, but he was an eight kind of as a as part of that under twenty squad. I don't think you know. He's, I think he, his ball carrying skills, I'd be fairly happy with because it's not like Toby's an explosive eight, is it? He's a kind of he makes you he makes you five yards when you really need it, yeah, rather than yards. yeah, like really vital yards. And I think uh, you know, I don't know. I, I wonder whether Warburton could do that. And I just think out of players who are international, like top level internationals, Lydia Warburton, Falatau, and Tipperick all fall into that bracket. Mm. And you think you know sometimes a bit of flexibility between them all might be able to to unearth a new combination. I don't know. I I wouldn't mind having a look at it. Personally. Yeah, certain games I think Warburton um, could potentially do okay at eight, but um, I'd, I'd have concerns concerns with him playing eight. Would you? Yep. 
yeah, it would. Um, I think we've got to go down there. If, if it's anyone, it's got to be Moriarty. Yeah, no, I, uh, Moriarty would be my choice. But again, it's a, you know, it's four long games. Who would you go out? So who would you go outside of him? You'd go, you'd go straight to Warburton. What do you mean? If Moriarty yeah. were available? Yeah. yeah, I think I would. Yeah, I think That's, I would we, have we, a look at that and just think, God, Tibbrick. It's really struggling, aren't we? Yeah, but you know, Tibbrick's played so well again, and you just want to see him somewhere in that side. And it, almost, it didn't seem to work earlier on in the season when they played Warburton at blindside and and Tipperick at open. I, you know, I, I'm not entirely sure why, but the balance just didn't seem to be quite right there. Yeah, I like. I really like the look of having Tipperick at seven, yeah. Moriarty eight, and Lydiot bringing in that extra bit no of weight for at, Sam. at six. I pinched that from you, haven't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you've got to pick Warburton. I, I mean, the thing is, right? He's going into this without any game time again. Yeah. I tip. We can't. We cannot leave Tipperick out. Out of the twenty-three game. or out of the out of the fifteen. Out of the fifteen, starting. Okay. He's got to start, isn't he? Uh, he's on the bench for me. Is he? Yeah, and I like. Honestly, I genuinely think he's a brilliant player, and I love him. But I think he's on the he's on the brink of of, of, uh, of moving away from the moving away from the game as well. If he doesn't get picked, <laughs> we've got to pick him. So that'll pick him at he pick is, him at thirteen, which is which is the option. I think he'd be. I think he'd actually relish. He's having an unbelievable season. Yeah, let's no, put, you're right. Let's put him at eight then. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. No, you know, I don't know. Maybe you've maybe you've swayed me, and maybe I'm buckling on it a bit because I don't know if they're both fully fit. I still go Warburton just because I think when he plays at his highest level, it is it'll rival anyone, and I think you're going to need that against Australia. But I want Tipperick involved. I want Tipperick involved in a, a good capacity throughout the game. So I don't know. Maybe I'd be tempted to have Warburton blindside, Tipperick open side, and give it one more, and give it one more run out. Yeah, I like the, and Moriarty eight. That's what I, I do. I, I like the uh, Tibrick's playing so so well, mm. so he's got to start on that. But I also like the if we if we were to go with um, having Lydia at six, yeah. Ross Moriarty at eight. I think that we have to have Tibrick just bringing in that ball, just bringing those ball skills because um, Moriarty's obviously a very very hard runner. Yeah, um, Lydia, we know what he's going to do. But Falatau, we we will massively miss Falatau's. Um, his little link work, um, yeah. his clever, his exceptionally clever his footwork's touches. amazing as well. He his, buys a yard yeah, or two exactly, here and there. Those extra yards. So we need we need Tipperick to to just you know make the little step and go around and yeah. and gain you know gain more meters than um, than the other boys will. So for that for that reason as well, I would I would I would I would start him. Yeah, I mean it comes back a bit to what we said in the in the very first podcast. Which if you haven't listened, check it out. It comes back a little bit to if we say. You know, is there a willingness from this Wales management to want to try and play a different brand of rugby? And if there is, even though he's a, even though he's an open side flanker, Tipperick has got to be in there somewhere, hasn't he? Yeah, he's gonna, he'll help massively with us playing in the wider channels. Really. Yeah, and against against Australia, I think we can do that. Yeah. So he's 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 really he's really really important, I think, to the way in which um, we want to develop our game. And we've shown that we're starting to do that. Um, and if you know, so many people have said as well, if he's in, you know, if he's in, New Z- you know, if he's in any 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 other team, he'd be he'd be he'd probably be he'd be starting. Yeah, it's just because of the way in which we've played. And maybe do you know what? Maybe that's it. Maybe actually with an extended 
run of games at at seven. Yeah. You know, he would prove what an asset he is because he's underrated over the ball as well. It's not like he's a pure yeah. ball playing old fashioned seven. Yeah, frustrates me when people say, "Oh, you know," but there's you know there's there's question marks I don't think over there's him. Any, yeah, I don't think there should be question you know, over His strength, he's unbelievably strong. He's fantastic over the ball. For me, he's the complete package. Yeah. Um, and it's not. It's not. We've also got to look. It's not fair on him mm. if he's playing this well. We have to give him. We have to give him chances. And it, it's it's strength and depth. It'll improve. It'll improve our game. Sam isn't the type of guy that's gonna you know um, be disillusioned because he hasn't. He'll, he'll knuckle down harder. Yeah. It'll also. He's, he carries a lot of knocks, doesn't he? So to give him a bit more time as well to, you know, to get his body. Get it, get his body right, and again it comes back to it's what's 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 best for Wales. Yeah, so Do you know, yeah, you, you might well have you might well have changed my yeah. I think you have yeah. actually, yeah, and that's uh, that's a hard thing to do because I'm a bit of a stubborn bastard. But well, next week you'll be back on. And I'll, I'll have another crack. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, that's the thing is, I just I just think he kind of he is. He does such a big job. You know, if we talk yeah. about Falatau being in the squad yeah. for kind of morale and yeah. general work ethic. Warburton does do that lead by example thing, which you're going to have to do. But then again, how many times he captain aside against the Southern Hemisphere's opposition, and and we've come out, you know, just on the on the losing side. So yeah, I rate it. I rate and I rate Warburton massively. But yeah, we've lost we've lost so many times against the against the Southern Hemisphere sides. Um, there is nobody, arguably in world rugby, can play like Tipperick, like Tipperick does at seven. Mm. At the moment, and for a few, for a good few years, so let's put him in there, and then you know we we, we let's see how well we do against these yeah. southern hemisphere and, sides. And now's the time to be doing it, isn't it? Because you're not going to do it in a World Cup. Yeah, you got to look at it now and think. Well, we, actually, we, we we might do if if we're able to give him a run and see how yeah. well he goes. That's, yeah, that's what I mean. You're not yeah. going to do it untried in the World yeah. Cup. You're going to yeah. do it after this. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe you've made it. You made quite a compelling argument there. So uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, we'll see what happens when Howley does does name the team. A few other injury concerns coming out of the weekend as well. So, I've had Liam Williams, mm. Scott Williams, Jake Ball. Not a good weekend for the Scarlets, and not a good weekend for Wales on that front as well. Yeah, not good at all. I th- Liam rolled his rolled his ankle, didn't yeah. he? I, I, I think he'll be all right. I think he'll be all right. Um, but he's crucial he for is. me. I think he's our most creative out of what you know players who are guaranteed to play. He's our most creative back. I think. Yeah, that would be. A huge, huge blow, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, plus, he's just so exciting. Yeah. It's so exciting to know that he's in the team. Um, so yeah, I, I reckon he'll be fine. I think Scott will be fine as well. Yeah. Um, but Jake Ball, I question marks over him. I, yeah, I don't think don't, he's going to be quite right. I don't think so, and I don't think he's going to be. I, I didn't think he was going to be particularly near the the starting lineup anyway. No. So I'd probably see. Could have been on the bench, though, wouldn't he? Yeah, I think it's an opportunity to, to put Roy Thornton there. Yeah. So we say it's exciting at this yeah. point. Corey Hill's been drafted into the squad as well. Dragons, uh, Dragons lock. So again, you know, over the moon with that, aren't you? Yeah, I, I, you know, I do rate him actually. He's he's a good player. Um, it's it's hard, you know, to to get massively excited when you've been beaten by when you've been beaten by Russian opposition at the weekend and handsomely as well. After I said, well, I think my quote last week was, uh, "Yeah, I can only see one result in there," and I'm not entirely sure that was that was the one I had in mind. Yeah. Uh, I probably should. Fair have. play to them. Nope. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. A couple but, of big wins. Yeah, yeah, I know. Top, top of the group, aren't they? Yeah. But um, 
Yeah, you know, I think I think Corey Hill's in the squad, but uh, I imagine I imagine Thornton will get the nod on the on the bench position. Yeah. Uh, oh no, what am I talking about? Because Charteris is available now, isn't he? Yeah. So Brad yes, Bradley yeah. Will, yeah, yeah. will make the bench. So, um, but yeah, again, it'd be it'd be it's just that worrying time, isn't it, where you kind of want to wrap players up in uh, in cotton wool, but a few uh, a few injury worries, and hopefully they'll all be all right. And that what it has meant is um, is we've kind of got slightly depleted squads for the Welsh derbies which we'll come on to have a look at in a moment but now we should have a quick look at the uh, the premiership as well which I've said a couple of times I'm, I'm really enjoying this year I think it's been a I think it's been a really interesting a really interesting competition and uh, Aberavon flying high at the top of that still six out of six so obviously it's been a, um, a break recently but they go away to they go away to cross keys this weekend how do you see that one playing out? Yeah, Abraham win. Yeah, I think so that. as well. Too, too, far too strong. Yeah, I think Crosskey's going to be without uh, without Leon Brown as well. He's a, a good player for them, bright, bright prospect, and yeah. training with a Welsh squad along with Harrison Keddy as well, which is which is uh, which is good to see some of the yeah, some of the great boys doing well. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree. I think Abraham will will do well there. So uh, some of the other sides are up at the top of the league. Um, probably one of the more interesting fixtures of the weekend. Is Merthyr away at Llanelli? Yeah, I'd love, I'd love to watch that one. Yeah. Merthyr um, for me. Yeah, I think so got as well. A, actually, got yeah. about but I think that's gonna be, I think that's gonna be, uh, I think that's gonna be a tight one. Yeah, they'll. Um, you could see. Yeah, I think that's gonna be tight on the scoreboard. Yeah, but I think Merthyr will just edge it. Yeah, I think they're, they're the starting. They've got much more, far more momentum than they're going into that. And, I think uh, they're starting to come together, aren't they? Merthyr, well, to come together, they've only lost that one game, but they're looking in. Um, they're looking in good nick now. Yeah, good top squad. And RGC, we've we've mentioned a couple of times on the pod. Uh, they play Bargoid this weekend at uh, at Colwyn Bay as well. RGC, yeah, home win. Yeah, home win. Um, going, they're going very well, haven't they? Yeah, momentum seems to be seems to be really building there. A great start to the season could be on the verge of of making a big impact on their first season um, on their first season in the Premiership. Yeah, they'll have a good crowd down there again, won't they? So. Yeah, and then just a quick look at uh, at the strugglers, Swansea. They played Bedwas this weekend. Opportunity for a win there, or is that going to be another tough game for them? Very tough game. Yeah, I, uh, I think so. Bedwas to win. Yeah. I, yeah, they're, they're right at the bottom there, aren't they? It's going to be a long, 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 long road. It's going to be a long season. And like we say, when it splits into these two halves as well, it's going to be hard to get the players... Mm. Hard to get the players up for it, but again, maybe maybe that's a good opportunity where they can learn and and possibly, you know, throw the ball around a bit without having to worry about getting relegated. You know, it's ring fenced, so they've got an opportunity to play some games. But oh, I don't know, worry about that second half of the season. I think it's going to be full of dead rubbers, to be honest. But yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's going to be difficult. It is. Um, Welsh derbies. Then said it before. Said it in part one. Why is this happening on a weekend when? A load of players are off training in Wales. Yeah, lack of uh, lack of communication there, isn't it? Um, <coughs> I can't cannot understand it. I don't mm. think anybody can, and uh, assuming it has to be has to be changed so that it doesn't doesn't happen yeah, doesn't happen again. You know, especially it. they've just got they've got so many problems. The Pro Twelve, I know. and then they, and then they throw you know throw this in there. There's not many games that are that are competitive and that people actually you know. Really, really want you know. Yeah. Really, really want to to watch and look forward to, and then this happens. Yeah, I uh, I just it's can't comical. understand it. It's yeah, in a kind of dark way. Yeah, it's not something. Yeah, it's not something that. I mean, they laugh or cry. Yeah, I know. It's just so frustrating. But that said, some of the players have been released 
in order to go and play for the regions over the weekend. So the likes of uh, Dan Lydiot and Scott Baldwin will, will go and join the Ospreys as they take on the Dragons. How do you see that one panning out? Only one winner, Ospreys. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think that's going to be a, a really morale-sapping defeat for the Dragons last week. Even though a lot of the, a lot of the, uh, the Ospreys... Um... Osprey's top boys won't be there. They're just the squad's far too strong. Yeah, well, it is. They're going to have some. They're going to have some problems with that and with injuries. So, I think if there is a time to be going away to the Ospreys it, for the Dragons, it probably is now. But yeah, that's what Kingsley would be saying, wouldn't he? Yeah. This is this is the op- the opportunity. Yeah. Um, it'd be it'd be amazing if um, if the Dragons did get a win there, um, wouldn't it? It's, uh, yeah. Well, amazing seems to be what. Um, I think it's going to take something amazing in order for it to happen. I just I think that's going to be a real struggle. But yeah, that's it, it's going to be the probably the best opportunity they get to to take a side like the Ospreys, you know, to take a scalp like that. I think they're, they're going to have to go and they're still going to have to play well. It's not a, it's not going to be an easy game by any stretch of the imagination. So I'm I'm predicting an Ospreys win there. Then we've also got Blues versus Scarlets as well. So. Again, a couple of players back for the Blues, so Reese Gill, Lloyd Williams have been released to play. Yeah, interesting to see them being released, isn't it? Um, Reese Gill, do you think he'll be, do you think he'll be in, included in the, uh, the match day squad? It could be a case of wanting to get a bit of game time. Yeah. But I'm not overly sure. I'm not overly sure whether he's going to make that. Whether he's going to make that 23. What about you? I mean, obviously Gethin's nailed on, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just wonder whether they'll be giving him a bit of game time, see how he goes, and then he might he might find himself on the yeah. uh, on the on the bench there in the twenty three. Um, I sadly I don't think Lloyd will um, Lloyd will feature really in the uh, match day twenty three. No, I don't think he will, and and I think that's why I would have probably gone. Yeah, I think they probably knew that all along that he wasn't going to feature in the match day twenty three, certainly for the first test. So that's why I probably would have had a look at Thomas Williams in the squad to see. You know, to test his metal a bit, just to get a closer look at him. If I was Rob Harley, but yeah, Robert, Rob Harley um, rates Lloyd there, doesn't he? Mm. Um, yeah, no, I, I do as well. Um, I think he's a fine, he's a fine player. And... Yeah, I think he's, I think he's great. He really, I've said it before, and I, but he really ups the tempo. That's mm. t- what Thomas Thomas Williams does as well. He yeah. looks razor sharp, doesn't he? But um, it's probably for me, it's a little bit, a little bit too soon for Thomas. I'd, I'd, I'd have Lloyd there. Okay, um, but he's not far off. Um, but coming back to that game, yeah, Blues for me um, at home on on their pitch. Yeah, um, they're a different team there, aren't they? Yeah, and I think um, that was a, that was a tough that was a tough ask for the Scarlets last week away at Saris. Yeah, that's t- well, it's shown with the uh, with the injuries, yeah. isn't it? But it'll really they'll, they'll have to really dig deep to to, to to bounce back from that. Just it'll just be absolutely energy sapping. Yeah. If you said prior to that, four four wins from four going into that game and four of the ugliest wins you're likely to see as well they weren't yeah. really particularly Clip. clicking in any of those games but kind of a fairly spirited effort at Sarries and but I do I think it's going to be a tough one I think the Blues on the on that plastic pitch as you say are probably going to come out too strong in yeah. in that game yeah Blues are really fancy that so as well as the kind of the injury concern to, to Liam Williams there is this ongoing transfer saga as well, so this kind of continues to to go on. What have you made of it this week? Yeah, Pivak's come out, isn't he, and said that um, you know uh, 
still having talks, but he's been really fluffy in what he said. He hasn't really given any detail. I suppose he can't, but um, you 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 feel he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna go, don't you? Yeah, I do. I think it's gonna be he's gonna be lured away. I think it's difficult to see him joining another Welsh region. I think he's gonna be tempted by the success and the extra cash that comes with with a big move. I could see it being Saracens. Yeah, I I wonder whether um, uh, his girlfriend's down in uh, down down in London, mm. isn't she? Um, yeah, you told me this. I wasn't sure actually. Yeah, I'm, his not girl, as, his girlfriend. I'm not as hot on celebrity gossip as you. Yeah, his um, yeah his model girlfriend <laughs> is down in uh, is down in London. Um, I've got a I've got a feeling he, he he'll, he'll go as well. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think he'll. Um, I think he'd be quite excited by the prospect of playing in a in another league. Yeah, um, he's had a good number of seasons now, you know, in Wales, and he played there all his life. Um, you can see from his Twitter, he's down in London a fair bit. Yeah, I just think it's he's probably you know with the money and experiencing something different. Um, I can't, I can't, I can't see, uh, can't see him staying there. No, that, I, I'm, I, yeah, I'm inclined to, I'm inclined to agree with that as it also, well. It also is going to come back to how well or how poor the Scarlets are doing, yeah. and they're not. They're not. They're not going. Well, they've had a horrible start. Then yeah. those four wins. Yeah, it's going to be mega tough to get out of that that pool. I can't yeah. see them doing it. And then it's a race to see if they can get back into Europe. I think if they don't get European rugby, it may all be settled by then anyway. But I think that's going to be too big a lure for him to to go and. And play, you know, because he's a guy who's obviously got a huge amount of self belief. You see that in the way he plays. Yeah. You know, he he uh, he just believes in everything he does, whether it's the he's absolutely hundred and fifty percent in ev- in everything. Isn't yeah, he? The, whether he's disposing bombs or attacking the line, he's yeah. you know he believes in in what he does, and I think he will fancy himself to go and play at the you know the highest level of club rugby. And if that's not going to come with the yeah. Scarlets, which it may or may not, you may as well go and take the cash and. And you back him as well, wouldn't you? To get, I would, you yeah. back him to get into any, any, almost any team as well. Yeah, because he's 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 that he's that aggressive, um, confident, and just he's he's got everything that he does is fantastic, and he's got a, a, a an amazing skill set. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just the only thing I think is, is my I think if he if he could if he could come on and and and, and speak openly, I feel he's gone already. Mm. Um, well, we'll find out. I'm sure in uh, in kind of weeks to come. I think one man who's going to do very well out of this is uh, whoever his agent is, because it's going to be a it's going to be a healthy contract for um, for Liam Williams. Yeah. Something else making the news this week. So kind of from outside Wales, but something that's got a that's got an impact on on any international team. Luke Fitzgerald in the Irish Independent this week. So the former Leinster, Ireland and Lions three quarter. Making kind of making a bit of a stand and coming out and saying that he didn't agree with the the policy of of kind of grooming players to play for the national team. So players who've been born overseas and and kind of putting them through the system on residency. What, what do you what do you kind of make of that? Yeah, it's obviously a bugbear of his now, isn't it? And he, he's able to he feels like he's able to say and speak out about it. Um, a lot of people will be feeling the same. Um, players, I think, you know, playing at the moment will will definitely think that it's it's not right. Mm. From a personal point of view, um, I think we need to we need to extend it. 
Extend the residency role. Yeah, extend the residency. Um, beyond what it is currently, it's becoming a little bit farcical. Um, and it's detrimental, I think, to the to the game um, yeah. overall. No, I, uh, you know, I've kind of I've said this before. I, I think it's something that you've got to look at the long term and and growing the game within your country and improving the skill set at a young age, rather than looking for quick fixes from from other countries. And it, it waters down the international game for me. You know, every circumstance is different. So yeah, you know, why couldn't you move to another country and? And fully adopt them as you know as your own nation, but it feels like three years is a very short time to be able to do that. And when it's been done with kind of careerist mm. opportunity to play international rugby, that's where it doesn't sit right with me. And it kind of ties in with the Welsh derbies loosely because Willis Halaholo makes his debut for the the Blues, or is expected to make his debut for the Blues this weekend. And there's a bit of a story on this over yeah. the summer about him saying yeah he'd be up for playing for Wales yeah he's already made that made that clear isn't he um, yeah again doesn't doesn't sit right with me no I'm with you it's um, and you, you, don't, you don't want to make out that um, you know if, he, if he's here and he feels you know he feels Welsh then uh, yeah you know, he, you know how, how can you sort of deny that but it's it's not for me it's not fair on on, on, on those players yeah. that have uh, that have been that have been playing here, um, and it seems opportunistic to be saying it before he even landed in the country. You know, yeah. I get, I do, you know, I don't know how much that story. At least, been at least out keep proportion. it in. Hey? <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know how much that's been blown out of proportion, but again, it's something I'd like to to see addressed, and I think it's something that will be addressed. There seems to be a lot of expectation that it'll be something that's looked at by World Rugby, and it's it's just got to happen because otherwise, it's just getting. It's getting ridiculous, especially yeah. when you're actively spending money trying to recruit players in. You know, you think that could be going back into grassroots. Yes, grassroots where we need to come, which we need to revert back to, don't we? Instead of instead of looking at these these types of fixes, um, because the grassroots will have a, a wider effect on things, as opposed to bringing in a chap. Yeah, which kind of brings us back full circle to where Abs- we began, really, yeah, yeah, yeah. and a kind yeah. of fitting point to to finish this week's heads up and to finish this week's attacking scrum podcast. So. Once again, thanks very much for listening. Support is hugely appreciated. And tell your mates, as always, like us on Twitter at Attacking Scrum. Let us know your thoughts and leave us a review, if you can, on iTunes and uh, also on Audio Boom. And you can also give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash Attacking Scrum. And we'll see you again next week when we have a look at the forthcoming Autumn Internationals, the uh, the kind of the uh, the days get... Get chalked off as we go along. So we look forward to seeing you uh, next time.